Welcome to Growing Your Team, a podcast designed for small business owners seeking to grow their company with the help of employees and contractors. Your time is limited, which means growing and leveraging teams is essential for business success. The Growing Your Team podcast is the place to learn tips and techniques designed to help you know when it's the right time to hire, how to select perfect fit team members, and how to maximize productivity while creating a positive work environment. Drawing from her 10 plus years of leadership and hiring experience, here is your host, Jamie Van Kuyk. Hello, Jamie Van Kuyk here, and welcome back to the Growing Your Team podcast. Today, I have on guest Liz M. Lopez. Liz is a valued career and business coach, best-selling author, and celebrated speaker who ignites audiences by showing them their own potential and creating a clear path to accomplishing their true objectives. After her award-winning 15-year corporate career, Liz left to start her own company, Captivate Your Audience. Then in 2014, Liz co-founded the Keystone Mastermind Alliance with Tracy Thompson, an organization that is breaking barriers in mastermind-based networking for small businesses. Liz has worked with thousands of professionals, business owners, entrepreneurs, and corporate groups to identify goals, set the right mindsets, build practical systems, and practice fierce accountability to achieve unprecedented success in careers and businesses. Today, Liz and I are talking about interviews. Most of us, when we think of interviews, we think of the candidate on display. After all, we're the one interviewing them to find out if they are a fit for their job. And unfortunately, that means that most business owners don't think about how they come off during an interview. In today's conversation, Liz and I are digging into the interview from both a candidate's perspective and a business owner's perspective. We are also talking about video interviews. Because let's face it, you might end up having to interview a candidate in making a decision 100% based on a video interview. This could be because your current industry is still operating remotely and you won't be able to bring someone into your office for an interview. Or it could be that you are open to remote workers and the people you are going to hire are going to be in a completely different location than you. So video interview is what's going to help you make your decision. So take a listen to this episode and learn how you can improve your interviews as a business owner so you can give the candidates a better experience. Because when candidates have good experiences interviewing with you, not only are they more likely to take the job, they are more likely to recommend you to someone else even if the job ends up not being a fit for them. And we want to keep our reputations high, even with the candidates that we choose not to move forward with. So let's jump into the interview. Hi, Liz. Thank you so much for joining us on the Growing Your Team podcast. Can you kick us off with giving everybody an introduction to yourself? Jamie, first of all, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Uh, I'm really thrilled to, to be having this conversation with you. So I am a career and business coach, and I've actually been doing this now for for 13 years. And my business both uh, has a function in 
the corporate world, so I work with a lot of leaders in that area, as well as owners and entrepreneurs of small companies. So as a result of working with me, what I have found over these years, and it's really joyful work because my corporate clients are landing lucrative jobs that they absolutely love, and my business owners are learning how to be CEOs. And in doing so, getting to the point where they're seeing 20, 30, 40% increases on their revenues and breaking into this place set that I like to call joyful profitability. I love it that you're helping people excel in their careers and really become better leaders. I feel like that's a very important thing that, that all businesses need. We all need great leaderships within our business. So tell me this. So you're working with both people that are finding jobs, new jobs, with maybe within their own company. But then I think you also said you work with some people that are finding jobs outside of corporate companies. Absolutely. So I work with anybody who's in a transition. And sometimes those transitions are because they're out of work. But a majority of my clients are actually still working and they're planning their transition. Of course, with current circumstances and changes in, in economic changes, there may be, um, that may shift a little bit. You know, over the 13 years, there's been times when there was very high unemployment and you know, most of my clients were not employed. So I certainly have strategies for each. But yes, I work with professionals who are being intentional about growing their careers, whether they're by no, by no choice of their own in a transition or because they're choosing to move on to their next best uh, opportunity. I love that. And that probably also applies in a ways for small business owners as well. I feel like small business owners, they're like, well, I'm on the top of my ladder because I'm the owner of the company. And I'm always like, yes, you might be at the top of your ladder, but your ladder might be really small and you need to do things to grow your ladder. So are you, do you help people really fill that, that need within their company to become that evolving leader that their company needs as their business grows? Absolutely. So here's how it all works so synergistically and so beautifully together is, you know, on the career side with these corporate professionals is teaching them how to manage their career as their own. Employers own jobs. Professionals own their careers. Oh, I love that. So I make them the CEO of their careers. On the flip side, then you have the business owners that I'm working with. And it's about, well, if you were your own employee, how do you keep yourself accountable? What are your goals? How are you evaluating your job performance? What are your forecasts? So teaching them how to run their business as if they were a corporation, and they are both the strategic master of that, but in some cases where the business may be small or they're solopreneurs, they're also the employee of their own company. So teaching them how to manage their job performance. Right. Yeah. It's business owners, you're on both sides of things and you need to keep yes. it moving and flowing together. So I want to talk a little bit about interviews. So right now when we're recording this, we're at the end of March, coronavirus is at hopefully getting close to the peak, but it means a lot of people are out of jobs, which means as things start to get better, a lot of people are going to be interviewing as companies open back up and start can start bringing on employees and people might be realizing that this is that the jobs that they were with might not necessarily be jobs that they want to go back to and looking for other opportunities and companies that had to let people go might then be realizing that we want to bring in fresh blood to fill our openings so there's probably going to be a lot of interviewing going on 
And I know you help people probably on both sides of the interview process, right? Yes. Yeah. So what, there was a question posted on LinkedIn the other day that someone tagged me in, and it was about video conference interviews. So what's your opinion on doing interviews through video conference? I think people need to prepare a lot more than they think. So I recently made a post on, on LinkedIn about um, things to consider when you're in a video type of interview because it's going to be very different. You think, oh, it's, it's going to be similar. We just, we're just going to be you know, on camera. But there's a lot to consider. So I'm just going to go over just a couple of things. There's more, but I'm just going to give your audience just a few. Uh, first of all, most people have, may, may have never used the camera on their, their, <laughs> their, their laptop or their device, and it may be terrible. And if you think that you're going to be going into the job market and video interviews is going to be a part of your process, it may be wise to invest in a USB type camera that you can put onto your, to your, um, your laptop or your device that increases the clarity so that you can present better. Because if you look really grainy, that just takes away from your first impression. Monitor the things around you. You know, um, I tend to have a very busy background, but because I'm coaching one-on-one with my clients and they, they love my busy background, but there are things that you may not want to have in your background. And as you and I were discussing in the context of of recording a, a podcast, you got to watch out, you know, are the kids making noise? Are the dogs making noise? Is, is the neighbor remodeling their bathroom like mine is, you know? <laughs> um, so there's all these extra components in addition to the normalcy of practicing for interviews in terms of how you communicate, how you pace yourself, how you answer the questions. Now you have this extra consideration of basically being on TV. Right. Yeah. And so I know everyone, you're just listening, but it's really funny because Liz and I, before we started recording, we were actually having a conversation about the video and everything because I'm actually in my bedroom today. Normally I record in the office. So I have blankets piled up around me to muffle the noise. Definitely not a, you know, a pretty put together picture. I'm using my my camera on my computer, so it's grainy because my husband, who's also working from home right now, has my my webcam, my external one that I normally use. So as Liz is talking about everything that you need to consider, I'm just like, yep. Today, I am this hot mess right now doing this interview. As Liz is, she might say she has a busy background, but it looks. It looks professional and put together. You know, she has a bookshelf, things behind her. But actually, to my opinion, it looks good. You know, it it looks clean and matches, you know, like looks like it matches her personality and everything that's out there, unlike me in my in my bedroom right now. So it's it's funny as I'm listening to Liz right now and being like, yep, I'm failing right here. Luckily, I'm not interviewing for a job. (laughs) Right. It's definitely a, a, a consideration we don't normally have in terms of our environment. And we, if you wait to the last minute, you know, it's, it, it can really be disastrous. It can make you, when you're sitting there and you're like realizing, oh my gosh, you know, I had one client, I know this is difficult because people can't see what I'm doing, but she had a portrait of, of a child behind, in the wall behind her. And the way that this portrait, thankfully this was not an interview, we were just practicing, but the way the portrait um, was set behind her, she looked like she had somebody's head growing out of her shoulder. 
right? So it's the little things you just don't think about. And if you don't realize that until you're in the interview, it may throw you off. So definitely, here's my biggest advice for everyone. Video conferencing and video interviews are going to be a thing for a long time. Yes. A, because of what's happening now, like you said, we're in the middle of uh, end of March and we're, you know, we're impacted by social distancing. But as employers realize, hey, this actually worked and we can save money by not flying people all over the world to interview, it's going to be a thing. Right. So practice. Get your video going a week before. You know, don't wait till you have an interview. Start practicing now. Get really good at those video skills that can give you an edge over someone who may be equally qualified as you, but they bomb their video style. Yeah. And I would say the same is true for the employer side. You know, make sure that you're putting across that professional appearance that you want people to think when they associate with you with your company. You know, if you go in and your background's a mess, people might sit there and think, oh my God, this company is a mess. I don't want to work for you. Or if you're supposed to be a IT trendy company, and you have very poor equipment that your video's grainy and your internet's cutting in and out, people are going to judge your business based on the presence you put forth in that interview. And maybe you're going to say, but I'm not the one being interviewed. I'm conducting it. But so who cares? But first impressions matter. You know, you're going to, you can have good candidates to say, no, sorry, I don't want to work for you because of the impression that you put off during that interview. And I think you make a really great point there, Jamie, because sometimes employers tend to think that, well, you know, they're lucky if they get the job. Right. But even in a situation where there may be a greater availability of candidates, because I mean, right now, employers are struggling to find talent. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that may shift a little bit, but still, you want the best talent that you can get. And if you fail to impress uh, the candidates that you're interviewing, then you may not get the first person to select you, even if you make an offer. Not only that, but just be a, a compassionate human. Don't make it more difficult for them. You know, if, if your video is cutting off or they can't hear you, they can't see you, uh, you know, then you're going to make them more nervous. So why do that to someone? Just make, know what you're getting yourself into, have the right kind of internet to support it and practice. Yep. And it's also one of those things, like sometimes when it comes to internet, things happen. You can have great internet all day, then you go to get on that video call and it's cutting in and out. And acknowledge it and sometimes reschedule if you have to, or be like, okay, I know this is supposed to be video, but let's quickly jump on the phone because it's more important to do the interview than necessarily see each other face to face. And you can have another conversation later if you need to. So deal with the technology struggles as they come but make sure you're on top of anything that you can be on top of. I think that's a really great point, Jamie. And and the other, I'm just going to throw this in there since we're talking and employers might be listening is communicate, you know, let people know as much as you can, what it's going to feel like, what it's going to be like, and then get, get in touch with your candidates. If you're choosing not to hire someone, let them know. It's a terrible thing for a candidate to go through that, you know, video interview interviews are stressful enough. They're more, they're more stressful when they're, when they're on video and then they don't hear from you either for weeks or ever again. So as, as employers, I'm just going to ask you, be considerate and really just communicate with everyone. Yeah. And that's one thing I tell my clients all the time when I'm helping them through the hiring process is 
if you had a conversation with somebody, you need to communicate if they didn't get the job. It can be as simple as an email, yeah, but you have to communicate something and you don't want to leave people on the hook because you have to remind them all the time, there's people on the other side of this decision and no one's going out and interviewing just for the fun of it. It's either because they need a job or they really want to get out of their current situation. So they're not coming to interview for you because it's, hey, I have nothing else to do with my Tuesday afternoon. They, they are wanting the job. And maybe, and maybe the candidate when they're interviewing are deciding that they don't want to work for you, but they, even those people still want that courtesy of knowing your final decision. So let them know that they're no longer in the running. It's, it's always the best thing to do. Be a good human. Yeah. So what other tips do you have for video interviews? So lighting, of course, is important. Practicing the lighting um, and measuring pace. As you said, sometimes internet uh, connections are not great and, and you have to beware maybe talking over them. So there is a kind of a bit of a pause that you may do you know, when, they, when you hear them speaking before you speak just being a little bit more practice in your delivery so that it's clearer and it's communicating test that microphone in advance to make sure you've got good sound and then your clothes you know it's gonna sound crazy but sometimes you know women may wear um really reflective jewelry and depending on the lighting that they have they may actually be glaring they're in their person on the other side, but all these like light shines on them that they don't even realize. Um, so there's a lot of little things to consider, which is why I really advocate that they, um, that they practice. And look, I know the big joke is that we're all wearing nice tops and yoga pants, but at the least, please be wearing some kind of pants <laughs> because you never know when you have to get up like something happens, you're startled, you're trying to close a door, get a cat off, the, and you stand up and you don't have appropriate something covering you, you know, um, it, it can cause a really awkward situation. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Luckily that has not happened in any of the interviews that I have helped conduct for my clients, but <laughs> that would definitely make some memorable stories. So yes, on both sides, make sure you're wearing pants. <laughs> absolutely you, you know look you don't want to become a meme most of these things are going to be recorded <laughs> you don't want to become some company's funny meme where they you know black out your name but the, you have a big picture of your butt uh, you know in underwear on in an interview like don't do it don't put yourself in that situation right yes oh my goodness yeah so when that one person i had mentioned posted a question out on linkedin and that that i was coming in a lot of people were saying they don't like video interviews because they just feel that they're not as professional or they don't get the same answers out of candidates as they do face to face and they can't see all their mannerisms now this was something i didn't necessarily agree with because i was like you're still seeing the person a video interview it's not like a phone interview so you're still seeing that person's body language that communication it, they can be, people can be more nervous doing a video interview or they can be less nervous, but people are still nervous when they come in for face-to-face -face interviews. So I don't really think it, it hides anything that you might find out about a candidate. Do you? I think it depends on the person, Jamie. Here's something that I'm learning. Um, 
I also own and lead a mastermind organization for business owners. So I have multiple chapters around our area and these chapters meet on a weekly basis. Because of our current situation and, and social distancing, we have migrated to virtual. We're doing these via Zoom now. And what I have found is like the tons of people are participating, but the feedback I'm getting is even though they love the opportunity to, some of them miss the in-person. Right. There are people that just, it just doesn't feel the same to them. It just doesn't. Even though you're having the same conversation, you can see each other. There's something about it not being physic and physical proximity that they feel is just not as warm. It's not as informative. It's not as connected. I'm one of those people that feel that I can get a lot out of a video interaction. I don't have that, that sense of there's something missing or it's very different. So a lot of that may not, it's not about the channel or the methodology. It's about the personality of the employer. Right. But I think it's a matter of all sides have to adapt, right? Like you have to practice and get good at, at observing and, and get and change a little bit of your mindset. Get yourself in the game of this is the warmest conversation we can possibly have and we're going to make the best of it and be observant. Right. Yeah. I know with um, one of my clients right now, they're, they're hiring and the position is going to be remote at first, um, depending on when they get someone and when that person's going to start and the current and how long the current situation goes on, but the person might possibly be starting remote. So with them, I'm telling them you, you're most likely going to have to do a video interview because the fact that do you want someone coming in you know, to, to your office when you don't know what they're bringing into your office? Is it, is it worth the risk? So for them, they're good. They're going to be relying on video interviews. But on a normal situation, I would tell them that because this is an in-person position where they need to be coming in the office, you probably want them coming into the office at least once before making your decision. Then I have other clients where their position is going to be 100% remote. They're open to hiring people across the country and they still want to fly people in for that final interview. And I'm like, why? Your entire interaction with this person is going to be through phone, through email, through video conference. So why do you need to pull this person in for an in-person interview when you're never going to work in person with this person besides maybe the one-off thing where you decide to get your entire team together? And, but for some people, they're still so resistant to doing video interviews for the entire process. It's, this circumstance is definitely going to create some shifts, some of it by necessity and some by, by the economics of it, right? It, it just may not be feasible to fly people all over the country uh, for a while. And especially if, with the, if companies are trying to be leaner in their expenses, that's a really easy area to shift, to shift costs. But you're right. A lot of it, Jamie, is strictly mindset on, on the part of the employer. And I, and I get it to a certain extent. Like, if you really want to make sure somebody's a part of the team, you kind of want to see how they all react in the same room. Because it's, it's kind of easy to behave for 45 minutes to an hour on, you know, but, you, but what kind of weird habits do they have? Do they leave, you know, cups in the sink at work? And it, there's all these different... Do they reek of cigarette smoke? Like you just don't know, right? But in that extreme case that you're mentioning where they really literally, except for an intentional maybe annual meeting, they're never going to see each other. Like it doesn't matter. You know, they show up smelling like fish. You can, you can suck it up for a day, right? <laughs> right. Like, so 
When it comes to interviews, so obviously you work with a lot of people that are on the process of being interviewed, trying to get the job. Now, for a lot of people listening, they're on the other side of the interview. So they're the ones interviewing the candidates, trying to find their perfect person. What are some things that you hear from your clients of things employers or leaders do in interviews that drive them crazy? That they're like, oh my gosh, why was this questions asked? You know, I can't believe someone did this when conducting an interview. Do you have any good stories or any things to share with us? So as I have a couple examples, I just recently had someone who was actually being pursued internally for a role and could see that she wasn't an exact match. She could definitely do the job, but would need time to ramp up because there were some technical pieces that she would need to learn. Totally able to do that, but would not be able to hit the ground running day one. Right. And the hiring manager kept telling her how much he wanted her to interview for this role. Interview, I really want you, really want you, really want you, you know, but I really need somebody who can hit the ground running. And she's like, you know, those two things are very, very different. And everybody in the world insisted that she, that she apply and that she go through this process. She did, gets into the interview, and they're just hitting her hard with all the technical questions. And, she, and you know, why? Why put someone in that kind of situation where you know they don't have XYZ qualifications, but then you, you insist that, they, that you want them, but then gear the interview so that they feel completely misaligned with the role? Right. So be considerate and especially if it's something internal, like make sense of who you're inviting to the table to, to, to do that. And then there's things like uh, being really, really vague. Like you're, you're, you're trying to like allow people to kind of hang themselves so much that you're being so very vague about what the question is that they don't even understand what stories they're supposed to tell you. Right. So being as specific as you can about what the job is and what your specific question is, look to really create genuine conversations with people as opposed to just trying to create a, a fail trap. Right. You know, it's one of those things where um, you're talking about the job being very vague. I know I have experiences back when I was trying to find jobs where it was like, what are they even, even like, like what would I even be interviewing for? And um, nightmare situations like going into for like interviews, especially like when I first got out of college, it was during the the recession. So when you find a job that's like a title that you could possibly do, especially for entry level, you're like jumping on it. Not It's being like, I don't care what the job is. And then you get into the interview and you're like, wait, this is not what I was expecting at all. But I've also worked with clients where they've put out very vague job postings at first. And they're like, none of these candidates match what I'm looking for. And it's like, but you didn't tell people what you wanted. And when you don't tell people what you want, you're going to get the people that are just possibly looking for anything or being like, well, I want a job in this industry. They didn't say that I'm not qualified, so I must be qualified. So it's like, yeah, you got to be clear on what you want because it saves people time. You don't need people thinking they're going to get a job that they're never going to qualify, be qualified for. Absolutely. And I, and I love, Jamie the, Jamie, the work that you do in terms of helping employers be far more effective in their process because, you know, sometimes employers get into this thing where they're looking for a unicorn. They stuff that job description with so many things, especially when it comes to what I, I see this a lot in social media or digital. They want somebody who can do build websites, manage social media, do email marketing, you know, buy media, like 
they, they just think that all of these things are just one skill set. And they, they, they hyper pack these job descriptions that really should be about four different people. Yeah. Yeah. I find that a lot with my clients, especially small businesses, because the small Mm -hmm. business owners, a lot of times they're going from doing everything themselves to now they're trying to get help. And they're like, well, if I could do everything myself, someone else can take over 12 of these tasks. And it's just like, well, no, because if you're hiring someone who's going to be an employee, chances are they haven't been doing all these for themselves and having to learn to do it and getting through it, that you need to find the ways that things fit together and some things don't fit together. And some of my clients will go through and say, okay, this is what makes sense to go together. We'll put this over here as a nice to have. So if a candidate happens to have this too, you can put it, put it in with that position when they come on board. I was like, but this is what you need over here. This is the nice to have. And most candidates are not going to have this. So we need to not worry about it and hire someone else for that if you really need it. Well, what else they don't consider, you know, as business owners, yes, there are many times that we're doing everything, you know, the, the whole 17 hats type of, of situation. It doesn't mean we're doing it all well. Right. Right. We're doing the, we're, we're doing our basic accounting. We're doing our basic social media. We're doing our basic email campaigns. And there may be some things we're really good at, but realistically, no business owner is, is batting a thousand in all of their different categories. So hiring someone to be, you know, run all your back office accounting may not be someone who's great at running content for your email campaigns. Right. And you have to be realistic that, yes, I get it. You're hiring someone, you're paying them. You want to fill their hours with as much work as possible, but you have to be realistic that you want someone to do some things really well, as opposed to a bunch of different things that they feel uncomfortable about because it's not their forte. Yeah. I'm actually working with a client right now where um, they had one team member that did extremely well at their position, did it in like no time flat. So when they, that person moved on to something else, they decided, okay, we're going to bring in a person and they're going to do this job and this job, because obviously this is a part-time job and this is a part-time job. The person they brought in couldn't do both jobs because they were so different from each other that the one ended up then pretty much falling through the cracks, their one set of responsibilities because their skill set was on the other side. So now they finally split the two roles out and we're helping to fill the one role and the person was transitioned to the other role. But yeah, they tried to put these things together that didn't make sense to go together and their business started suffering because of it because the person couldn't do those tasks well. They did the other stuff well and what do people do? They're going to focus on the stuff they can do well. It is easy for them and leave the challenging stuff to, to later and later often becomes never. Absolutely. It's like trying to hire a French chef. That's also really good at plumbing. Yes. You know, and it's hard to see, you know, we, we hear that and we think, Oh, that's ridiculous. But when things feel like there's their office related and they're similar, you lose sight of just really the different types of qualifications, skill sets and and personalities that you need to do well in certain categories. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I'm working with my clients and they're like, okay, I need help with this. I want help with this. I want help with this. It's okay. What's the number one priority? Let's focus on that and build a position around that. And we're going to leave the rest. I'm like, we can hire, we can hire a second person for the other tasks if we need to have hand those off too. So let's focus on what the number one priority is 
And when we talk about number one priority, it's not that you hate those tasks the most and want to get them off your plate. What's going to give you the biggest ROI for handing it off to somebody else? Because as I always have to remind people, our businesses aren't charities. We're not going to give people jobs and throw them money just because we want to. Our business needs to make money off of every person we're bringing in. And if we're not getting a positive ROI, we're wasting our money hiring somebody. And you'll find it's, it's an interesting, Jamie, to see the different types of perspectives that are out there because some companies are very, very uh, resistant to hiring, right? Mm -hmm. They're trying to do as much as possible. want to keep payroll as low as possible. And then you have other companies that are just like, we're doing great. We're going to, we want a big team. We're going to hire all these people. And like, they have no concept of an ROI. They just are hiring people for the sake of hiring people and nothing really is get It's chaos. It's complete chaos. So having a resource like you and really being able to be strategic in the right growth at the right time for the right results is imperative, imperative, especially at the small business owner level. Yeah, I definitely enjoy doing that for small businesses and seeing them get the right people on their team at the right time. I think this is bringing us close to the end of our interview. So you have a resource for people. Tell us about this resource. So I have, you know, people can engage me directly and I do a variety of different types of services for my clients. I do coaching, but I also do different types of resume services, LinkedIn services, but I also have some online courses. So I have a course that I'm finding is, is really relevant at this time. And it's uh, called five steps to securing a leadership position. However, I just want to kind of give this caveat that even if you're just looking for a lateral move or you're in a situation where you just want the next best possible job you can get. There's material in this course that still can be incredibly, incredibly um, important and, and significant to you, meaningful in, in how you plan your job search and execute your job search. So um, Jamie's gonna be sharing the, the link with, with everyone, but I, but I absolutely invite you to take a look at it. It could be really uh, important in just helping you get your mind wrapped around the way to, to practice and to execute your job search. Okay. So it's all around job searching and becoming good at that process. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. And how can people get in touch with you for other things, for your other services? So I'm sure you're going to have a list of links somewhere, yes. but the best way to reach me um, is via email. And my email address is Liz at LizMLopez.com. Or you can just go to the website, LizMLopez.com. And there's a contact form on there that you can go ahead and, and fill out. And one of the places that I am most present is on LinkedIn. So you can always find me on LinkedIn at Liz M. Lopez. And I'd love to have your connection and interact and explore how I can champion your success. Awesome. And yes, I'm definitely going to share all those links in the show notes. All right. So our final question that I like to ask everybody, we all have had leaders or managers that stood out to us. Think of the most impactful leader or manager that you have had. And can you share with us what made them stand out to you as a great leader? So I'm very fortunate that I have an, an, a clear and immediate uh, answer to that. Uh, in my time in the corporate world, prior to, to having this business here for 13 years, I was in two different companies with the same leader. We started in Capital One and I was on her team. Her name is Lori Legros. And then we moved on to Pods, Portable On Demand Storage. And she brought me into that company as well. And Lori is your 
just iconic corporate leader and one of her best, uh, what, she, what she does just so amazing. First of all, she's amazing at creating teams and creating relationships within teams. All the people that worked on her team, we still get together for dinners. And now like, we, of course we can't. So we're like all texting each other, but it's been 13 years, 13, 14 years since we last worked together. And some of us have gone into different companies together. We're all do work with each other, but she did a great job of building teams. And she also was, and here's the beauty. And I don't know a lot of people appreciate it. She wasn't a micromanager. That's great. She said amazing expectations. She really invited you to, to do things. And if we have enough time, Jamie, may I share one of the best things she taught me? Yes, go ahead. Okay. So I, uh, my role at the time, I, I, I did a lot of work in, that related to marketing and branding and content creation, but I also did a lot of analytical work. I did a lot of the reporting in our organization. And she would ask me for these really complex reports. And one day she said to me, you know, I always ask you for these reports. And one of the first things you usually say is no, like, no, you know, we really can't do that. It's real. And then you go away and a couple of days later, you're like, oh, I figured it out. You know, so you get things done, but the experience is, is you said no. It's like, why don't you just say yes or say, let me figure that out. And, and let me know, like, I'm not sure if it's possible, but let me see what I can find out. Then go away, and chances are you're going to figure it out. You'll create a different experience for your leaders and your peers. Hmm. And this was right about the same time that Jim Carrey had his, you know, that, that was it, that, that Yes Man movie that, you know, just say yes to everything. Yes. And it was transformational for me, especially later as a business owner. And, and people ask me, hey, can you do this? And instead of saying no... Just being able to say, let me explore that or yes, and I'll figure it out because chances are that unless it's something really just completely outside of your, your scope, you can do it. You can get it done. And some of my best services that I've had over time have been because I have been able to say yes to something, figure it out, and then be able to replicate that as a new product. Yeah, that's awesome. And some of those things like you don't really know if you can't do it until you explore it. Agreed. So that was one of my, my best gifts from Lori. Oh, that's great. Well, thank you so much, Liz, for coming on the Growing Your Team podcast. It's been a pleasure, Jamie. Thank you so much for the opportunity to speak with you and to speak with your audience. And I would love to hear from them and interact with them as well. And that wraps up this episode of the Growing Your Team podcast. Do you need help navigating the hiring process so you ensure that you are making the right decisions and selecting the right candidates? Then I invite you to schedule a hiring jumpstart call with me. During this free call, we will talk about where you are in the hiring process and what your needs are. And if there is a match, how I can help you navigate the process so you take the right steps and select the best team member for your company. To schedule your free Hiring Jumpstart call, head on over to jamievc.com jumpstart. Jumpstart being one word. I look forward to speaking with you and helping you grow the team that your business needs. Until next time, this is Jamie Van Kike. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Growing Your Team with your host, Jamie Van Kite. 
Be sure to subscribe and head on over to growingyourteam.com to connect, access the show notes, and discover more ways to hire and leverage your perfect fit team.